Hi, this is Daniel James, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R each Tuesday evening. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. Well, good evening. Welcome to episode 000118 of The Mission. My name is Daniel James. I'm going to be your host through to eight this evening, friends, broadcasting to you from the mothership that is Radio City Docklands. And as we all know, Radio City Docklands is on the nation, which is called the Kulin Nation, and of the land of the Wurundjeri people. And I pay my respects to the elders at past and present. And I remind us all that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you to Vaughan for an excellent episode of Double Bounce. He uh, will be back for Radiothon next week. I always love his Radiothon shows. He always brings something a little bit extra, a little bit special. So I look forward to seeing what that will be next week. Um, so we're at Tuesday now. We're uh, day 211-something into uh, lockdown. That's all right. Don't worry about it. How are you? How are you traveling? I guess things have become a little bit more perilous since we uh, spoke this time last week. Uh, but, you know, there is a ray of light being held out to us um, as is being espoused by our leaders at various government levels. But there is a lot of confusion around at the moment, particularly around <clears throat> the Doherty modelling. Uh, and I don't intend to add to that confusion except to say this. When we get to that uh, mystical 80% target of 16 and over being fully vaccinated, it's not going to be some sort of freedom day. It won't be like victory in Europe day. It won't be like victory in J- Japan day. There won't be a ticker tape parade down Swanson Street or Nicholson Street. There won't be people dancing out the front of the trams as they move along. Um, it means that there will be an easing of restrictions. But unless everything goes pretty much almost perfectly, <clears throat> 80% of people being vaccinated and contact tracing being 88% effective, if that happens, then that means we're very unlikely to go back into hard lockdown. Matter of fact, there's only a 5% chance if that happens. But if contact tracing is not up to scratch, then the modelling says we'll be in hard stage four lockdowns for about 30% of the time. So therefore, the DOED modelling to have a chance, for it to have a chance and to come to fruition, there needs to be a really important push that we continue to suppress the virus now. Because in places like Sydney, contact tracing is nowhere near 88% effective. The more we suppress the virus, the more levers we give ourselves when we reach that 80% vaccination rate. Just to give you an example of where contact tracing is at the moment in New South Wales, my sister uh, lives in southern New South Wales. She went and got a a, um, test um, last week sometime. Uh, It took six days for her to get those test results back, and she only got those results back once she called the clinic back. So that's where they are at the moment. So they're nowhere near being near or close to what the objectives the government have as modelled by the Doherty Institute. So don't let calls to open up undermine what we have to continue to do now to put ourselves in the best place we can by November 16. Now, why am I mentioning November 16? Well, that's when the state government is suggesting we'll hit 80% vaccinations. So that's some 84 days from now. So let's just continue to do the right thing. Why do I continue to bang on about COVID all the time? Well, it's because it has the potential to affect my mob nearly more than any other cohort in the country. 
So with that in mind, shortly we'll be joined by Shannon Drake from Rumbalara Aboriginal Cooperative in Shepparton and Roopna. As you know, there's been a sizable outbreak up there. Uh, and as you may or may not know, the city of Greater Shepparton itself is the home to the largest Aboriginal population in the state. So we'll find about find out about what's been going on in the ground there and what it looks like. And in the second half of the show, we'll be joined by Stephen Clark from the University of Melbourne. The university recently launched the Dylan Doa Centre for Indigenous Business Leadership. So we'll find out what that's all about, what opportunities that avails to uh, Indigenous business owners, uh, company owners and entrepreneurs. So we'll speak to him all about that. As always, the best way to get in contact with me during the show is via my Twitter handle at Mr. DT James. Uh, throw in a question to me at any time if you want to ask a guest of ours a question. They're, they're our guest, they're not mine. But um, look, this is the mission. Settle back and uh, let's enjoy the show together. 102.7 3RRRFM. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. You listen to the mission on Triple R 102.7 FM, or maybe you're listening on the website via rrr.org.au. Either way, welcome. Now, the Shepparton COVID outbreak has now reached 44. There are 3,840 primary close contacts in Shepparton and more than half have returned a negative result. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the city of Greater Shepparton is home to the largest Aboriginal population in the state, now known as Victoria. It is also home to one of the deadliest Aboriginal cooperatives in the state as well. So what's being done to look after our mob up there and in particular our elders? Well, who better to uh, tell us about this than Shannon Drake? Shannon is a proud Wamba Wamba Jara woman who has worked at Frumbalara Aboriginal Cooperative since February 2001. She is currently the Executive Manager of Health and Wellbeing at uh, Rumbalara, and this means, of course, that she is largely responsible in her remit to make sure that our mob are getting tested. And I'm very pleased to say that Shannon is on the line with us now. Shannon, welcome to the mission. Thank you. I appreciate your time this afternoon. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, first of all, give us an overview of how things are looking on the ground up there. Um, I noticed on uh, Sunday night you put out a, a press release straight away, or it might have been Saturday night, um, and you were very quick to leap into action over the weekend to get uh, the when numbers started to emerge up there in Shepparton. How has uh, testing gone for, for mob up there during the course of the week? Yeah, it's been fantastic since we opened up our, our uh, COVID uh, drive-through clinic. We've been able to test uh, nearly 900 community members over the, the last couple of days, and we've been so responsive, uh, yeah, so engaging. Um, we're very proud of the work that the community have done um, to come get tested. That is just so, so good to hear. That's an amazing effort by everyone, and particularly you, Shannon. It's um. I guess it's testament to the way um, ACHOs, in particular Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisations, um, from from what I can gather and from my perspective, seem to seem to be absolutely amazing at, at at public health. You know, in terms of getting the word out there to mob when the word needs to get out there there to mob. Um, have you been um, surprised by the response, or have you, um, or did you expect it? Uh, I'm not surprised at all with community, like you said, within Aboriginal Community Controlled Organisation is very much a public health response. It's always 
um, been that way within in the community. Um, we do see um, our services as holistic care and um, yeah, it was no surprise that as soon as we did the call out, the community was so responsive. Uh, my background is also in the Masters of Public Health. Um, so the model of me coming as an Aboriginal, proud Aboriginal woman, coming to work in an Aboriginal community controlled organisation has always been that public health paradigm and it's really lovely to see community wrap around um, and support each other, to protect each other, um, really putting community first. Um, so there was no surprise in communities that you know, um, that this is the way we do business because that's we excel in that and we've done that at Rumbalara for 40 years. Um, mm. So yeah, it was wonderful to see the response um, from the community and you know, ensure that in Victoria um, everyone's coming to help us in the Shepparton community. Yeah, it's, uh, it actually makes it can actually make you a little bit emotional thinking about um, how everyone's pulled together on this at um, such short notice and in a crisis. Um, the the initial response was to have the um, the testing centre open for um, uh, for for community and and Rumbalara staff. Um, have there been any other cohorts from from the community come through and and get tested there, or have they gone to the state vaccination sites that have been set up? So um, with. With our swab um, clinic specifically, um, we um, have ensured that any overflows from the Gold Valley area, if any non-Indigenous community members um, wanted to get swabbed, um, we were able to pop them through our service as well. So yep, um, that people weren't turned away. Um, when we did have a bit of a, a wait list, we did ask them to be redirected. Um, but now that we've got a lot of our mob through, um, we'll be opening up our drive-through COVID um, swabbing clinic to everyone in the Gold Valley area um, to allow that people that were previously waiting six hours, um, they wait, you know, they will have a shorter wait time. So on the Saturday, it was about an hour and a half is the most time they waited. Then mm-hmm. on um, the Sunday, it was about 30 minutes. Today, community were able to get through in 15 minutes. Um, so it's been, yeah, we, we've had um, so many um, community members across the um the state coming and helping um, to, to ensure that community weren't sitting in the hot cars or raining, um, you know, to, think, to get through and get screened. So we actually had three lanes operating over the weekend to make sure that our mob were protected. Um, and we're also running in parallel with our um, swabbing, our COVID vaccination as well. That is magnificent. That is so good. Um, I saw a fantastic um, picture on uh, social media of, um, and I don't know whether this is the technical term or not, Shannon, but um, of three of your swabbers (laughs) standing in front of um, the Rumbalara sign. How many people have you got there um, uh, taking tests at the moment? So it varies from um, day to day. So we, we had three Aboriginal nurses that joined us on the weekend, which was fantastic, um, from Melbourne. They were um, originally from WA. And it was so lovely that they were able to then join, as well as our other two, two and three swabbers over the weekend. Um, so we had at least six people swabbing, um, depending on their availability over the weekend. Um, and, yeah, so it's just been wonderful um, to have you know, our Aboriginal workforce across the state um, come and help us and really engage with the community. I actually um, noted on the weekend um, that one of the elders came through in a taxi. And mm-hmm. so the next day we made sure that all the elders um, that required a swab, that we actually went to them um, rather than them having to yeah. come to us. So we did a, we did a drive out 
um, that are most vulnerable to make sure, and we'll continue to do that when I've got the workforce to make sure we can swab anyone who needs to at home if they can't come in, and we'll also roll out the vaccination um, with the same rollout um, as soon as the rest of the mob across the state come and help us. That is that is so deadly. Um, uh, what's the what's the take up been like from from the elders, both in terms, I guess, of of, of the testing over the past week, but also um, vaccination? Has there been much hesitancy up there? So with the elders in particular, um, there was a little bit of hesitancy at the start, um, but actually the elders led the way really in, early in the piece. Um, you know, were able to hit really high numbers. Um, early until people were a little bit um, concerned about um, the complications of you know, AstraZeneca and the like. There was a little bit of hesitancy for a while. So we actually did a strategy uh, with our elders and it was community members that we actually had the doctor go in and have a yarn to them as a group and as individuals um, to really personalise that message and unpack um, any of the questions for the elders and after having that consultation, they're able to then have the vaccination. Uh, we've also then done that for the younger generation um, to ensure you know, that key messaging and any of the questions they had uh, or any concerns that we could miss, you know, uh, bust those myths that they had. And um, so now, given the current situation at, um, in the Gold Valley area, there is hesitancy again. Um, so we're just doing that one-on-one personalised service. Um, any questions you've got, we can answer those questions. Um, they're finding the messaging is quite confusing um, from the government, and yes. you know, we're able to unpack what tier one is, what tier two is. You know, they need to stay in isolation. We'll then book them an appointment after they've had their second, um, you know, second test after the 13 days, and then we'll, we'll ensure that they can get their vaccination. That yeah, the, as as you know, I think many people listening, Shannon, would be aware that the the messaging around the, the vaccination from from the various tiers of government, particularly the federal government, has been uh, you know less than optimal. So that one on one direct um, conversations with people in a proactive way is um, hopefully reducing some of that um, hesitancy. Um, just for the for for the folks at home, uh, Shannon. Um, Give us a give us an idea of what the, the the community up there looks like in terms of uh, demographic. You know, what's the what's the, you know, I guess the average age of mob up there, and um, you know, how are we looking in terms of uh, comorbidities and 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 the general health of the population? Can you give us a bit of an insight into that? Yeah, so um, you know, we do we do have an older population, which is fantastic. You know, I know when I was you know a young guy, I didn't know what grandparent was, and we've got our elders living to 70, 80, and ninety, and even hundred. So that's been great, and they're leading the way with the, the having a swab and also having um, having the vaccination. Um, and then we've got our younger generation, our population, um, you know, <laughs> the, the, you know, the under fives, and that um, is you know, a, a bigger part of our population as well. Um, so there's a bit of a mix uh, across there because we our population obviously transitions from um, across um, from Barma um, and, and from Melbourne um, and it, it's really important that yeah, we get this key messaging out there because chronic, chronic conditions um, you know, is a key consideration uh, and sure that community protected. So with you know, diabetes, asthma, um, heart disease uh, and the like. So uh, the profile can vary quite differently um, from community depending on which group they're coming from, whether it's the Shepparton mob, whether it's the New South Wales mob, um, whether it's the Melbourne mob. So, um, yeah, and it's yeah, really important that we factor in all that um, with our messaging and, and our um, response to um, yeah, COVID in particular. 
and you're listening to a show called The Mission on Triple R 102.7. My name's Daniel. I'm um, speaking with Shannon Drake, who is, um, beside being deadly, she's the Executive Manager of the Health and Wellbeing at um, Rumbalara Aboriginal Cooperative up in Shepherd and Brutner there. Um, the, as we know, uh, Shannon, the, the vaccination program is now open to um, Aboriginal people 12 years and older. Have, have there been many um, young kids come through and, and get, get the vaccine? So we, we've had a lot of questions, so we've, we've taken the time um, to spend with community, given there's concerns in regards to um, yeah, the vaccination and um, community have questions in regards to fertility and the like and you know, a lot of things that the media or other people are saying about the vaccination. Um, so we, we haven't had a huge uptake because we've actually spent the time to unpack that for community um, yeah. and make sure that they're understanding you know, there's, what, there's no risk associated. Added, um, to those questions. So for the younger group of the 12-year-olds, um, you know, there's some that are very keen to have it and we'll certainly book them in to have, have the vaccine. But, you know, we're really taking the time um, to really unpack any of their concerns and, you know, we don't want people feeling concerned that, you know, I will be infertile if I have this vaccination. So um, that key personalised message, again, to ensure that we're able to um, answer any of their questions and have true informed consent is really our key strategy um, to, to to ensure that wraparound services is put in for community. Well, um, before I let you go and uh, get some well-earned uh, rest, I'll just got a couple of more uh, questions. I really, really, um, and I know that there are a mob that listen to this radio show that are in Shepherd and Amarupna and um, surround. So, um, what do people need to do if they want to get tested? First of all. Basically, uh, you know, they just need to jump in, jump in their cars, come and come and see us. Um, yeah, come straight, come to the, the gate at Bumba. Um, we'll ask you a couple of questions, um, and then ask you if they would like to have the vaccination, and we'll book it another time. Um, drive up, um, you'll, you'll have a swab, and then you'll be on your way, and then we'll give you the result um, as quick as possible. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's that simple. It's really that simple. If any um, community members that are really challenged that they're finding, um, you know, they don't have the vehicles to come in, um, we will get, give us a call at number on five eight two thousand three five, and we'll ensure that someone will come to come to them and make sure that they get the that they get the uh, swab um, that that they require. Um, we want to make this as easy as simple as possible, and you know, make sure um, we're wrapping services around community, regardless of whether it's positive or negative. Um, we, we will you know, do what we do well at our shows and um, really yeah, give you the services that um, you know, they require to support them during this time. You know what that sounds like to me, Shannon? What's that? That sounds like a roll gold service to me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's just an amazing service. So, look, if you want to get, get tested, either just get in your car and rock up to Rumbalara and um, there will be um, a wait. You'll be asked some questions. But if you can't make it to Rumba, um, just give them a call on 582035 and they'll arrange some transport or they'll do some outreach to you to um, to get tested. What, what's the turnaround time on um, getting results back at the moment, just out of interest, Shannon? 
Uh, so it can be up, you know, depending on the numbers coming through, it's either 12 hours, 24 hours. Um, you know, you'll get a text message to get the, to get the results back, um, just depending on how, how many mobs coming through. The first day, uh, within 12 hours, we'll able to get the results back. And, you know, if, it, if there was a positive, um, but, yeah, any community member will get in a phone call, um, you know, to advise. And then uh, all they need to do is reach out to us and you know, we'll, we'll then put the wraparound services to support them and anyone else um, you know, that needs the support from, from the community um, you know, to keep everyone safe. In my understanding, there's been no positive results yet amongst our mob. Yeah, so I haven't been notified of, of a concerned positive case um, you know, within our mob. Um, yeah, not at this stage. Okay, so rock up and you get tested, and while you're there, um, the friendly people at Rumbalara will book you in for a vaccination appointment too, um, if you are that way inclined. Uh, Shannon, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the tremendous work you're doing um, uh, as a Yorta Yorta man from that part of the world. You make me extremely proud, and it's just great to have people like you from um, other parts of the country looking after uh, my mob and all the other mob that uh, congregate around uh, Shepherd and Maritna. So thank you so much for your work, and thank you so much for your time. No worries. It's my absolute pleasure um, to be able to, to, to continue to do the work that our ancestors did and uh, um, you know, they've passed the baton on to me and I'll continue to do that for the rest of my career um, and uh, pass that baton on to the next generation you know, to keep our mob safe and thriving and striving for the, for the best um, outcomes that we, we can for community. So thank you. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. You're listening to Triple R um, on 3RRRFM 102.7 right across the country on the National Indigenous Radio Service. So thank you for listening wherever you are. Now, about a fortnight ago, the University of Melbourne launched the Dilla Dawa Centre for Indigenous Business Leadership, the first of its kind in, in Australia, not only Victoria, but Australia. The name Dilla Dawa means everlasting flow in the Woi Wurrung language of the Wurundjeri people and whose land the centre is located. It signifies the conversions of three streams of activities, teaching programs, research and engagement, which all lead into impact. So what is it and how will it impact uh, Indigenous business owners, companies and communities around the country? Well, here to tell us is the Centre Manager, Stephen Clark. As Centre Manager, Stephen is responsible for the running of the centre, including the establishment of systems and processes, stakeholder management, business development and student recruitment, as well as oversight of our of their expanding portfolio of programs and activities. Um, originally from Alice Springs, he um, is from the Arabana and Irrawain uh, people from South Australia's desert regions and from Lake Katithanda, which is also, or Katithanda, I think it is, yeah, which is also known as Lake Air more colloquially. Um, having spent most of his childhood up north, Steve and his family eventually moved to Melbourne, which we are grateful for, where they have predominantly worked in education sector, bettering outcomes for Indigenous students, um, both at uh, the University of Melbourne and Monash University. And I'm very pleased to say that Steve is on the line now. Stephen, welcome to Triple R. Thank you, Daniel. Um, such a warm welcome, and I, and I really appreciate you taking the time to have me uh, on board to talk about Dylan Dua. Um, I'd like to also pay my respects to elders past and present who are maybe listening on the line today, and really like to pay my respects to the traditional owners of the Wurundjeri mob that I'm, that I'm standing on today. 
Thank you very much for that. That's um, always good to have a guest come on and um, and do that um, uh, every now and then. And uh, it's great that you've done it. So I thank you. Um, Dylan Dower. Now, how did the centre come about? Let's, let's start at the very beginning. I think you'll do us. Uh, Michelle, who's our director, she's unfortunately not, not available on the line tonight. Um, she really saw a need within the market, or not necessarily market, but a really good opportunity to kind of really hit home around true self-determination and what that means. And, you know, true, true self-determination in a sense for Aboriginal people, whether they're uh, business owners or entrepreneurs, is, you know, starting their own businesses, you know, building up those businesses, you know, creating a, you know, a, a platform where people can, you know, really provide for themselves, um, you know, purchase houses and run their own business and be their own boss. How good is that, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, as you would know, if you know, you've, you've probably been around, um, probably not as long as I have, Stephen. But you know, so many of our best, best and brightest sort of got sucked into, um, you know, uh, government jobs. And of course, there's a place for those government jobs. But um, I've noticed that over, over the last ten or perhaps fifteen years, in particular, there seems to be real growth in, um, I guess, Indigenous entrepreneurship and uh, Indigenous uh, business. So this centre, Dylan Dawa, is now um, positioning itself to, to be able to assist some of those some of those people that are involved in those activities. Yeah, absolutely. With some of the work that we're currently undertaking within our centre, and one of those streams is around research, and we're doing a lot of research into how many businesses there actually are performing within Australia across across the nation? Um, we've got a we've compiled a snapshot report, and we really look at the con- total contribution you know that Aboriginal businesses are making towards the economy. Um, so I think you know we could easily estimate there's probably upwards or towards twenty thousand Indigenous businesses across Australia. So and then we're just really scratching the surface on you know how much. Indigenous businesses are contributing to, you know, the overall economic, you know, outcomes of Australia as a whole. I think, you know, one of the things that I've, when I'm researching this um, topic in this interview, Steve, one of the things that I was pleased to see is that um, the the centre is entered into uh, partnerships with um, Indigenous Business um, Australia and also the Mindaroo Foundation. Um, How's that partnership working and, and how will it work into the future? Um, it's a fantastic um, collaboration that we've got. I think Indigenous Business Australia have been doing wonderful work, not just with us, but like they've got a lot of programs that they run themselves and, and along with their collaborations with other organisations. And we're just one part of what Indigenous Business Australia does. Um, fantastic at what they do and we're really happy um, for how they're supporting us. And the way that they are supporting us is through our, our flagship Murrah program. Um, I really appreciate you know, if the listeners are on, really look at our Murrah program. Um, our Murrah program is really around, centred around activating businesses. If you're a business owner or looking to be become a business owner or you're an entrepreneur, so we've got some really world class um, facilities and teaching uh, staff and academics available to kind of look through, you know, how to activate your business. Um, the Mindaroo Foundation also support the Murrah program in that as well, but. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're really we're really happy in how that that has come about over the last couple of years. Um, if 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 
people, if, if there's Indigenous business owners or, um, or companies um, looking to get involved with the Senate, what's the, what's the best way to do that? How, how does that um, come about? Do they just need to contact you or, or is there another process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got quite a few, now that we've launched in the last two weeks, as you mentioned, we've got quite a few uh, websites set up. So you can always find us through the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Melbourne, also mm-hmm. through the Melbourne Business School, because they're the two key partners as well within the, the centre's operations and how we've been stood up. Yep. Um, and, yeah, look on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook and our Instagram. Although we're just new, that, that'll come around. But I think the best bet is really to get in contact through us through the Faculty of Business and Economics at the University of Melbourne. Fantastic. Um, just a just a general question. You know, you're you, you work in the university sector. It's taken um, a massive hit from from COVID, and also from a government that doesn't really seem to care for uh, tertiary um, education. How's how's the sector looking at the moment from your perspective? Uh, generally, or yeah, just really, really sector? generally, yeah. Um, I think we'll always recover. I think you know, there's always new ways of working. Uh, the way that you know, need to come up with new ideas. And that's what we've been doing within Dillon Door at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. We'd like to run on some of the regional hub series that we really had planned for across Geelong, Cairns, Alice Springs and Broome. Um, having lockdowns and things like that, it just means that we need to think about how we redo our programs, whether they're on the ground or online. So I think the universities as a whole across the sector are probably looking to do similar things like that. So, so part of Dylan Dawa's work moving forward, hopefully once we get out of some of these lockdown, lockdowns, we'll be to go out into the community and, and do a bit of outreach as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the streams that we've got within the engagement um, yep. is to kind of really get on the ground, do some, um, we call them pop-up hubs or regional series to really talk yep. with people in the regional areas and if they're excited about business or wanting to look at it during uh, starting a business. Uh, we'll hopefully be in those areas in the next coming 12 months. That's fantastic because, yeah, you've got to go where the people are. If we know anything in this space, Stephen, don't we? We've got to go to the people because um, uh, they've got their own lives to leave and they don't have the time to come to us quite often. Um, well, yeah, and I think COVID's a little bit, you know, it means that we, you know, we can pivot a little bit and be able to kind of further our outreach, and, you know, with online um, programs, but we'd really mm-hmm. rather to be on the ground talking with traditional owners and um, people across Australia. So that's the plan. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, um, it's very, very exciting. Um, Thank you for the work you do. You've um, just uh, reading your bio there, you've got a fair bit of work ahead of you because uh, setting up systems and uh, stakeholder management and uh, business development and student recruitment, they're all very big jobs uh, unto themselves. So um, best of luck with that. And uh, we'll stay in touch and uh, we'll talk some more about this down down the line. If you've got any pop-ups that you want to um, promote around the place, um, come come and have a yarn with us and we'll um, talk about it on air again. Absolutely, Daniel. Thank you for your time. Um, Stay safe, look after yourself and look look after each other. You too, brother. Take care. Now, that's pretty much uh, it for uh, this week's mission. Until next week, uh, if you've got the opportunity to go and get vaxxed, go and get vaxxed because we're all in this together, which is a crap song but a good saying. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. 
The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R every Tuesday evening. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. <laughs>